Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Today we're going to talk about who, who I am. And I've, I've, I've deliberately played on words here. Next week I'll talk about who am I, as who are you. Uh, but today I'm going to talk about who I am. And it's a deliberate play on words there that God referred to him in Exodus to Moses. When God said, like when Moses asked um, God, when, 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 when God sent Moses to the Israelites, he said, okay, Moses asked him, who, who shall I say have sent me? And his response was, I am who I am. And he says, tell them that I am sent you. Um, and it's so... It's it's a it's a name or it's a reference that God gave Himself back in Exodus as well, and if we fast forward all the way to Jesus, one of the big reasons that the Pharisees wanted to crucify or kill Jesus was at some stage He told them, even before Abraham was, I am, and it's the Pharisees. We we look at that statement and we just like, did He not get His grammar right or? Or what? But what he said there, and that's what the Pharisees registered, they knew that that's what he said there, is that he equaled himself with God, God of the Old Testament. And that's why they freaked out completely. They were like, how can you, a man, like say that you are God? And so for them it was blasphemy. Um, and that's why they like completely freaked out. Okay, So that's where the, kind of the title comes from. And the idea here is that for us to really truly know who we are is that we need to know where we come from. We need to know the one that created us. Like, I, this is so sad. My phone fell this week and it's like shattered. Anyway, okay. So here's the thing is I can, I can buy this phone and um, unless I use it according to the manufacturer's instructions and they telling me it's a phone that is not a frisbee <laughs> i am most probably going to break it or i'm going to it's going to not fulfill its full potential i can use it as a doorstop and it'll function it might be a very expensive doorstop but um but and it's the same and it's the same with um us as humanity is we, we go into the world and we look for significance and we look for purpose and, we, and, and people have these answers like, okay, but why am I here? What, what am I doing here? What must I do with my life? Who am I? Um, and really, the answer can only actually be found in connecting with the one that actually created you. Um, now, there's certain similarities in all of our lives in terms of uh, what God says about us as individuals and especially as children of God. Um, but then there are other things that are specifically unique to you that God has called you to be and to do. And that specific one we're going to look at last. And we're like, what, what to do? What has God actually called me to do? So today we're going to focus on connecting with God. And, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you these slides that I'm not long slides, but at the end, there's a whole long list of scriptures of I am statements that Jesus made about himself. 
whole long list of, of statements that he said, I am, and I'll, I'll get to that. But I'm going to give you that because it's today I don't want to dump knowledge on you. I want to give you something which you can take with you and that you can spend time with God on and really get to know him and spend time in his word. And if you don't have a Bible, we've, we've got some uh, New Testament Bibles here. Um, which we bought specifically for now for this last campaign and so on. Um, if you don't have a Bible, then I want you to take one with you. Um, anybody, everybody that's here can take one. If you have a Bible, then bless somebody else with it. Okay, maybe maybe your roommate's got a Bible, but it's back at home or whatever. You give it to them, you bless them. So I'm going to give you the slides and give you that New Testament. If you want a whole Bible, there's like good translations there, but just for twenty bucks which is really a bargain. Um, that's just a side side note. Okay, so let's let's have a, a have a quick look here just at one, one scripture and uh, the other scriptures I'm going to give to you um, to to go through it to go through at home. Matthew Matthew 16. And I'm going to have this is a little bit of an interactive conversation, okay? Where most most students I, w- I was also students if you sit there you just like just don't ask me, just don't ask me, just don't ask me. And that's a time when no, either, either, either nobody moves or they just uh, don't make eye contact, okay? <laughs> uh, so I know the tricks and I know, okay, so, all right. Matthew 16 from verse 13. This is Jesus talking to his disciples saying, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So here's where I want to just get your kind of take on this. Here, at campus or at home, who is it that people that you get into contact with, if this conversation comes up about Jesus, who is it that typically people say Jesus is or was? Yeah? The Messiah. Okay. Anybody else? Francis? Messiah, the one that died for them. Cool. You're a very spiritual friend. Have you have you have you spoken to people that does not know Jesus? What do they typically say? Margaret? They blaspheme. Okay, so they use the name of Jesus as a curse word. Right? And the movies are popular with that as well. And that's true, especially in, 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 in environments where people don't get exposed to, to Jesus or Christianity at all, uh, especially in the West. It's, it's, you ask them, do you know who Jesus is? And they will say, of course, it's a curse word. Um, and, it's, and it's not that prevalent in South Africa because people genuinely know that they are relatively clued up in that part. Anybody else? Anything else that people tend to say to you? Have you ever spoken about Jesus to anybody else? Louis Dierog, you guys have had some interesting conversations with people. Who do people who, who do people say Jesus is? The man upstairs. A good moral teacher. Okay. Yeah, that's typically um, some people believe that there are multiple ways to God as well, and they say that He is a God or he was a prophet, and those are, and, and that's kind of the responses which they had there. Now, interestingly, they say some say Elijah, and the thing is, why they say some say Elijah or the prophet is the old, old Testament prophecies was talking about um, 
the spirit of Elijah that the rest of the men were trapped. So it's also a communication uh, of an expectation that they have. But here's a here's a next part of the conversation. He says, he said to them, but who do you say I am? And th- so he has this conversation. He starts the conversation out there. What do the people out there say? Who, who do they say I am? And then they give this response, which is typically this. But then he goes for the heart, for their heart. And he says, who do you say? And Corinthian, who do you say Jesus is? Don't, okay, just before you answer, okay, I'm going to ask like three people, okay? But before you answer, don't give me theoretical answers, okay? I know what stands in the Bible. Who is Jesus become for you? The light of your life. How? Get a direction of your life. So I'm going to give you this. I can make sense of what I'm here for. I have purpose in my life. This is it. And I do know what is right and what's wrong. And it's not a thing that I have to read about. It convicts me in doing something. Okay. Anybody else? I'd say he's my better half. Or actually my better hope. He's my better hope. Okay, that's quite deep. How did he become your better hope? Um, I think when you really come to realize as an individual that you're not enough alone, but you're enough with him as a whole, not halfway in, as a whole, you know. Um, I guess it's it's really just admitting to yourself that you're not in control of anything in the world, and he is. So what better than to stick with the person who's in control of everything? Cool. Yeah. Anybody else? One more. One more. Okay, three, two. Where's where everybody? Okay, got this. Who's dropped their eyes? Um, let's, uh, I'm not going to come down on you like a ton of bricks yet. <laughs> okay, come. Jade, come. Who's Jesus for you? Now see, the thing is, often in church or in conversations, we know theoretically who a person, we know theoretically a lot of stuff in the Bible, but the, the question really is, does it flow out of relationship with God or not? Does what the information that we get, does it make its way from our minds into our hearts and we allow it to transform us from the inside and therefore it will it will have the effect that, um, because, I mean, there's so much information in church, in the world, everywhere, um, but that which will really change us is that which we allow to change us from the inside, and it's not just knowledge. I mean, the Pharisees and the guys that crucified Jesus, they were experts in the Word, um, but, yeah, they never allowed that Word actually to transform them from the inside. Yeah, and then basically Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And the other translations or the account in, in, in Luke uh, says, or Zoe also says, well, you are the Messiah or you are the son of God. Um, and and then Jesus has a, has a further conversation with Peter specifically on that as well. But 
the thing is, unless we come to the realization that Jesus, what is Christ, what is what is Christ to be? Christ wasn't Jesus' surname, okay? Like Jesus Christ, Christ means anointed one, anointed from of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, you are the one who's anointed by the Holy Spirit. You are the Son of the Living God. And uh, it's it's that revelation and and um, that that each and every one of us should and have to have and want to have. But then we need to grow in that living relationship. We, I've gone to to India multiple times, and the predominant religion in India is Hinduism, and they have like thousands and millions of gods. And uh, and I mean it's. And mostly it's these statues or whatever. They have a god for, for everything. And it, it varies from the north to the south of India, etc. But the point I'm making is that they are not alive. They're not real gods. They, they don't, um, where this also there's a specific degree, a living God. And unfortunately, so many times in church we sit and we are also sometimes dead. It's as if we are just going through religious motions without actually experiencing and living in a living relationship with God. So I really want to, the thing that I want to leave with you today is that, is that um, for you to discover who you are, you need to discover your creator and get to know him. Not on a theoretic, not just on a theoretical basis, but to allow that which you get to know from him out of a written word for that to become alive in your heart and for that to transform you. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to turn to two or in groups of either two or three to one another. And I want you to chat about this quickly. Um, because we don't often think this through. And uh, and and what I want you to talk about is is this. Okay? What are the implications of this revelation to your life? What is the revelation I'm talking about? That Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay. What, are the, what is the, the realization or the revelation of that? What are the implications of that to your life? And I've given you some ideas of areas that you can talk about. You don't have to go into detail. But this is a, this is a complex question that doesn't actually just have a short answer. But I want you just to, in, 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 I'm going to give you five minutes, and if you're in a group of two or three, then each of you have, to, uh, have two minutes or so to share, um, just to at least to start the process of actually thinking in that direction. Because uh, let me give you an idea, and, I, and I've listed there the way you live, what you do, how you do it, how you spend your time and money, your relationships, your studies, um, anything really. How does that revelation affect all of who you are and what you do. Okay, so five minutes, chat with one another, and then I'll um, then I'll work to the to the conclusion. Okay, ready? Go. Okay. As you can see, I mean, if you if you just go and evaluate, if you just go and evaluate your own life. And you break your life up into components. I, I was confronted with this specific question about how does the, the reality of the gospel, how does the reality of the gospel affect my marriage? For example, none of you are married here, but 
work to, to do. I don't think so, at least. Um, but how does how does that affect my marriage, the way that I relate with my wife, the way that I relate with my children, the way that I bring them up, the way that I communicate with her? Uh, how does that affect that? Um, and how does that affect then my relationship with my parents? How does that uh, affect my relationship with people that I oversee as a pastor? How does that affect... Um, where I stay, who I, for you guys, who you gonna get married to, if you date, who you date, which church you go to, um, how does how does it how does it how does the reality of the gospel? Do I go to church? Do I not go to church? Do I stay in Johannesburg? Do I stay in Cape Town? Point point of the matter is, if it is submitted to God, your life submitted to God, He has the final say. Um, now you're not gonna go and see in scripture you ask god hey god must stay in johannesburg or cape town and you flip to page 1000 and see hey johannesburg obviously it doesn't work like that but it does flow out of relationship with god and if you learn how to start hearing god's voice and figure out what it looks like how your spirit talks to you and 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 he will never contradict what he's already said in his word and maybe it seems at the time for us like a contradiction but maybe it's it's most often it's a user error. <laughs> it is most of the time it's us not interpreting what God is saying in that portion of Scripture correctly. Okay, so take, I mean, you can take this and you can pull this into every facet of your life. And I want to encourage you, go and do that. But let it flow out of a place of relationship with God. Because here's the thing is, if you go and you go and look at all of the areas where you are failing, for example, let's say either studies or relationships, or uh, you are sinning in a specific area the whole time, if you just go and look at those areas, you're like, yeah, but if you bring this reality into that, what are the implications? The implications is that the grace of Jesus Christ forgives you for what you've done wrong, but the grace of Jesus Christ also will enable you then to become and do what God has called you to do and to become. Um, and it's and it, you can just sit and meditate on that for a year, and you will be a different person <laughs> at the end of that year, just on the reality of like that. Or if you are broken in certain areas, the reality of the gospel is that God can and actually heals broken areas. Um, but it the thing the problem with 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 it again is if it only stays head knowledge and you don't actually surrender into the process of what God is doing in your heart, then it's not going to get healed in that area we try to fix ourselves too often okay so that is something for you to to take home and hopefully into the rest of your life to always take what what is in the word of god what is in the gospel and evaluate what are the implications of that to my life if i really believe that that's what this word says how what are the implications uh, to my that's new testament as well yeah father thank you for the time that we just spent here together and I pray, God, that we would experience and live out of a personal relationship with you every day of our lives. Surrendered, fully surrendered unto you every day of our lives. Not haphazardly like only on Sundays or only on Fridays. But that we would live flat out every day fully devoted unto you. Fully laid down our lives and bearing our cross with you. And I pray, God, that the reality of the gospel and the reality of who you are will really sink into our hearts. Not only settle in our hearts, but really transform us, Lord, from the inside out, God. And 
the areas where we are broken, the places where we struggle with, that you will come in and, and form us and shape us from the inside who you call us to be. And we thank you that you call us to sit at your feet um, and to learn from you and be with you. We thank you for your presence, God, as we go from this place, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.org.